What's up, everyone? This is Justin Gordon from Vitalize Venture Capital, and welcome to Talking Venture, a show where you'll learn how to build and invest in startups, featuring interviews with startup founders and operators, angel investors and venture capitalists, as well as deep dives into a variety of aspects of the startup world from the team here at Vitalize. On today's episode, we have Sid Pandia, co-founder and CEO of Kona, which you can find at heykona.com. Kona is the EQ platform for remote teams. They help you build your team culture in Slack, sending daily mood check-ins for closer, healthier teams. Let's dive in. Sid, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Thanks so much and excited to be here. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here and uh, your company, Kona. It's quite interesting. I love what you guys are doing with it. As soon as I heard about it, I knew I wanted to chat. And for people who don't know Kona, what are you doing with this company today, Sid? So Kona is is the emotional intelligence platform for remote teams or basically the culture platform for remote teams. Um, and, and we started with daily emotional check-ins in Slack. Um, so, so the core feature right now is how do you check in on how your teammates are feeling? Um, and so Kona will do that for you every day in Slack. It'll send a message to your Slack channel saying, hey, how's everyone feeling today? Red, yellow, green. So you put down a color, you put down a comment, and you just share what's going on in your life. It could be work-related, it could be stress, burnout, fatigue, non-work stuff. Um, just a way to, to connect and, and know how everyone else is feeling. With this, I know from listening to a number of uh, different interviews before, reading about Kona, it's been quite the journey to get to this point. I'd love to hear about some of those iterations, maybe what you launched with initially, especially I'm thinking about other founders who, you know, they start somewhere, it's going to evolve. What was the first iteration of Kona and how did it get to this point in terms of like the, the product itself? 100%. So um, long story short, I've been doing startups since I was like 15 or 16 years old. I'm 21 now, so like five or six years to be fair. But yeah. um, I've always kind of been interested in the space of like, how do you connect people, build relationships, um, bring people together, whether that's, I, I tried this like app that connected people based off political views, trying to connect people with opposing political views before, um, tried doing like workplace personality stuff. Um, and one of the key mistakes I feel like I made as an early founder was I always, like the classic trope, at least as a student founder, I, I went to UCLA, uh, was you think of an idea, you build it, and then you scale it. But obviously that's not how it's supposed to work in my 17, 18 year old naivete, I thought so. And that's one of the key things I feel like I, feel like I learned, um, which was the really the only thing, the most important thing that matters is the problem you're solving. And so when we started Kona um, in October, 2019, we basically, it was me and my two co-founders, Andrew and Kareen, I'm very lucky to have met them both here in college at UCLA. Um, and we basically said, okay, we've made this mistake in the past. Let's, we have no idea what we want to build. We like the space of remote teams and we think there might be something in the space of like relationship building, but we have no idea what, what it's going to be. And so we said, okay, let's just learn. So we reached out to 150 remote managers and talked to them before writing a single line of code. And overwhelmingly what we kept here, we just asked them things like, what is the hardest part about your job? What do you find difficult about work in a day-to-day, -day, in your day-to-day -day life? And after 100, 150 times hearing the same thing again and again, which was, <laughs> I don't know how to build a relationship with my team remotely. I have no idea how they're feeling. I don't know what their communication styles are. Um, kind of the whole gamut of the softer side of remote work, the squishy side was a question mark. Not that it's easy to do squishy side of leadership in yeah. an in-person environment, but in remote, you just are completely <laughs> lost. 
Um, and so having heard that again and again, we realized like, wow, this is really a problem that's making people unhappy. This, this problem of isolation, disconnect um, is making people like have mental health issues because you don't feel like you have a supportive work environment. It's making people feel isolated, disconnected, all that kind of stuff. And, and at the end of the day, even if you are a very like profit oriented company, happier people are more productive. And so we said, okay, we need to solve this problem of, of helping people navigate, especially managers navigate the, the softer side of, of, of leadership. And so the first thing we actually went after was, was very different from what we're doing now. Um, and it was, how do you understand different people's communication styles? So some people like receiving feedback in a certain way. Some people are convinced in a certain way. Some people are motivated in a certain way. And how do you understand that when you don't have that kind of like in-person relationship built? And so that was the first thing we, we tried doing um, is Kona would actually analyze the way you communicated in a class of different channels. And we started in Slack um, and we'd be able to create this profile that guided you saying, hey, um, Sid is a super data oriented person. And so if you want to convince Sid, use numbers. Um, and if you said something that didn't, that was very emotional oriented, it might say, Hey, Sid is probably more likely to be convinced with these numbers. Maybe you want to use that. Um, one of the key mistakes again, was we realized like that was a, an important problem and, and we still believe that, but there was no, it wasn't a must have right now burning need that managers had. And so when we revisited having not been able to get traction on that as much as we liked um, or in, in a way that showed that this was like a, a, a burning, like rolling down, like boulder rolling down a hill type thing, um, we said, okay, let's go back to the drawing board. And, and at this point, we'd gotten into Techstars. Um, again, very lucky that, that Anna Barber and, and the team there took a big bet on us as 20-year-old, 19-year-old founders in college still at the time. Um, and we just said, okay, let's learn from our users again. And the thing that we, we kind of landed upon was, was the must have burning problem right now is I have no idea how my team is feeling. And as a result, I don't feel connected to them, but also I don't know how to support them. And it's leading to a lot of miscommunication. And that was kind of the thing that we noticed was like burning, um, is a burning fire that, that people are really struggling. With. And, um, and so that's why we did the red, yellow, green thing, which was kind of a tech stars process that we had been doing in our, in our daily standups. Um, and that's how we landed up at, at, at this product. <laughs> that's amazing. There's a lot to talk to, uh, talk about with that. So one of the things I want to go back to quickly is your co-founders, because like, I always am curious, especially with talking to so many different founders, how they decide to start a company together, because that's such an important thing. And it, how do you find the right people? How do you, you confirm that you guys are the right ones, everything? And also, I just want to highlight, uh, so your co-founder, Andrew, UCLA dropout, self-funded college from revenue, from teaching high schoolers how to code. That's incredible. Your other co-founder, Kareen, graduate UCLA in two and a half years. Also incredible. How did you meet them? And did you guys decide to work together? Great question. Um, one, yeah, I love bragging about Andrew and Kareen. Thank you for bringing <laughs> that up because I was going to. Um, they're brilliant, um, very unbelievably talented but more than that, just like the the way our values align with each other, I think that was the key thing that you can't like. There's tons of smart people everywhere, and and thankfully, like having gone to a, a, a decent school, um, and and been around people, I've been fortunate to be around some like really talented people, and and have like like cool friends and things like that. That is like finding smart people is not the is not that hard. <laughs> finding people with the right values is ridiculously yeah. hard. Um, and, and really that's what takes you through, at least that's what taken us through till this point. And I believe that's what it's going to take us through, um, going forward or like 
skills and technical ability and, and really anything can be learned, but, but values are harder to change. And, and, and so I think to your, to your question of, of how did we decide to work together? I, I can't take any credit for that. It was just luck. Um, to be honest, we, we met each other. I had been working with Andrew on previous projects together, um, through like student clubs and things like that. And, and he was like an engineer on one of the teams that I was working on, um, for a student club. And I just saw that he, like, he had this spark of like, he wanted to be more, do more, um, than it wasn't just in, in this club for like resume padding, like how most of the other kids were all really smart kids. <laughs> Um, yeah. And, and so I, I, I kind of felt the same way and I said, okay, Hey, I'm working on this thing on the side. It was very different at the time. Um, but I said, Hey, you want to like come work with me? And, um, so we started working together and he had worked with Kareen on L organizing LA hacks, um, which is, um, like UCLA's hackathon. Um, and they had run marketing together and he had kind of felt the same way about her as I had felt about him. And so he said, Hey, you should meet Kareen. And I met her and, and kind of felt the same thing as like the, just I remember our first conversation, we were just talking on the phone, I think, and, and just like really clicked all three of us. Um, and we said, hey, let's just try to work together. Yeah. It was the advantage of being in school together. Um, there was really no downside to working together on a project. That's what it was. It was a student project at the time. Um, and so uh, <laughs> yeah, it just was natural to, for us to work together. And then, and then we kept working on our relationship. We were also fortunate to be in a space where like we, every manager we talk to would talk about the importance of relationship building, learning how to do one-on-ones really well. Like we really imbibe all the like values and, and like learn um, the kind of things that you're supposed to do, even from a very early stage. So we're extremely <laughs> like, particular about doing our one-on-ones, working on our relationship, all that kind of stuff. So that I think like thirst for learning has been um, what, what we vibed uh, with and and what what brought us together? Yeah, no, that's amazing because it is like to figure out those values and decide on a co-founder something that's going to be you know five ten year relationship you know, maybe more depending on how the company goes is is a huge thing and to find that in college. Yeah, uh, it's great that you found that and it's working out so far. <laughs> Let's put it so that lucky. way. I I yeah, I really just can't I can't take any credit for that myself. Um, just actually pure luck. And one of the other things you mentioned as well, I want to go back to quickly, and I'm gonna we're gonna get into more of the future of work and like how you think through that and how you're what you're building at Kona. I want to get into that, but you mentioned TechStars, and for people who aren't familiar or with your that program at least in particular, you went to TechStars LA. Why did you choose that accelerator, and how was that experience for you, Sid? Yeah, um, great question. So why did we choose that accelerator? We applied to a bunch of accelerator programs, and yeah. um, TechStars accepted us. Uh, and, and that's, that's why we, we chose them. Honestly, we, we knew that we did not have the experience that we needed, um, or wanted in terms of like learning how to learn from customers, how to get your first customers, how to run a sales process, how to do product, how to set goals, kind of like the, the more of the science of building a business, um, the art of, of building a, a, at least a product in our space, I think is really just about like learning really well and staying humble and, and synthesizing your learnings from from users and staying focused on the user and that we knew we had um that's really all we knew we knew how to learn about yeah. the space and how to talk to customers um, and build a good product uh, but what we didn't know is everything else and so we knew we were pretty set on doing an accelerator if we were able to get into one um and when i met anna uh 
she really believed in the mission of the company, the space that we were trying to operate in. Um, and we, we just, we, we met and, and clicked again. It was one of those, like she saw, I don't know what in us at the time, um, <laughs> and took a bet. We yeah. were the earliest youngest team, earliest company in the cohort. Um, so very, very grateful to her, um, and always will be for, for taking that bet on us. And, and, uh, Techstars LA is the LA city program. Um, they have programs uh, around the world. Um, the popular ones in the U.S. are New York City, Boston, Seattle, Boulder, L.A., um, and um, yeah, a bunch of bunch of others. Uh, great program. Ten companies. Very like tight knit, focused, as opposed to um, yep some other programs that do two hundred companies in a batch. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> some other programs are not saying names or anything. Oh, I see. <laughs> no, no shade on, no shade on them at all, but understand it, it's definitely a smaller, they do it. I mean, it's, it's bigger, obviously, because it's, it's so many different programs in different cities where YC is like one of them, but I actually just talked this morning to the uh, program director at managing director at uh, tech stars, Austin. Um, yeah. Amos, who just, Amos? just released a book. Yeah. Amos, who just released a book recently uh, this morning. I talked to him. It was great to hear about their his story and everything. And I've also talked to the former uh, MD at tech stars, New York, uh, Alex is cold. So, uh, definitely a pretty well versed in terms of tech stars and it's a great program from what I've heard from everyone. Uh, they've enjoyed it, which is great. But, and from that experience then, so going from tech stars and learning a lot in that, in that program, but obviously being super young and going through that as with the youngest in the kind of your, your group and everything you, that you get 120,000 or so for tech stars, but eventually I'm going to stick it to the funding side of it for now. Eventually you raised a million dollar pre-seed round from a number of pretty notable people. Take me through how that came together. Sid. We are yeah, very lucky to get into tech stars. They really helped us with respect to like the, the fundraising process. Um, I think that was one of the things that I really had no clue about. Um, we had raised a little <laughs> bit of money, like 45 K I think before tech stars from like student funds, like dorm room fund. Um, I'll also shoot shout out to them. They were one of our first backers. Um, they're typically like first check into student founded companies. They're backed by first round. Um, and Arrow Capital, who are a subset of Bo Capital, which invests in like UC companies. Um, so basically no real round that I had ever done or never run the fundraising process. And so Techstars taught me everything I needed to know about how to do it. And we kind of just like went by the book of what they said to do. Um, and uh, we set out to raise 500K because we thought that that was what we needed in order to hit the milestones that um, we, we reasonably wanted to hit by the end of that 18, 18-ish month period post-raise. Um, and uh, we had maybe, Sexual Demo Day was October 8th, October 7th at 7 p.m., 8 p.m. something. We had like less than half the round committed, which is like a, okay position to be in going into a demo day because we hadn't officially started fundraising um, by, by then. If you, our fundraise was kicking off at demo day. Um, and uh, yeah. the night before demo day, Spencer Raskoff, the founder CEO of Zillow, emailed and I had just met him like two days ago and he said, hey, I know demo day is tomorrow. Um, I want to take the rest of your round. Um, and we love Spencer. He, he, had, he and I had really, really vibed um, and gotten along really well. He believed in, in us and, and space and the mission of the company and all that kind of stuff. And, and um, so quickly called Anna, talked to her about it and decided, okay, cool. We're going to take it and we're going to raise a little bit more. Um, and that at that point we got oversubscribed because we were only going for 500 and beyond that it was like, okay, now <laughs> because we're not going to really significantly increase the valuation that we're raising at, we get to be extremely picky about, we want to work with, I didn't want to play games with, 
I'm not the kind of person that wants to like farm a really high valuation, especially at pre-seed. It was more about bringing really good people that's, that were going to yeah. help us onto the cap table. Um, and, and so I said, okay, now we get to be super picky about who, who we work with. And, and Spencer introduced us to some awesome people. Um, so Jeff Wilkie, the founder CEO, uh, sorry, the, 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 the CEO of Amazon's consumer business, um, the number two exec at Amazon, he joined into the round of a few other funds, um, that we're really lucky to be working with, uh, joined in and, um, yeah, it, it took us, we were very lucky. Our entire fundraising process was like three weeks long. So very, very fast. Um, <laughs> and that again, like timing luck played a lot of, a lot to do with that, but you, you we kind of have to like increase your surface area to get lucky with these kinds of things. Um, and so Techstars just told me everything I needed to do in terms of how to, how to craft a good pitch, how to clearly communicate. And really a good pitch is about communicating the mission and the value of your product. Uh, and the, and, and the, the like the way that the team is thinking about it. Um, and I think, yeah, that, that was one of the, the, the biggest things is like, I would, I really don't think we would have raised a round or nearly as big of a round um, or with as good investors <laughs> without Techstars. With that too, with Spencer then coming on board and loving what you're doing, what was the pitch at that time in terms of the story around Kona when, when Spencer decided to take the rest of the round? I'm curious. Great question. Um, honestly, not the, the mission of the company really hasn't changed. The the whole like goal around like doing things around the softer side of remote work and, and remote work is now just work. Um, but uh, <laughs> doing doing things around like yeah, focusing on the softer side, culture building, uh, that kind of like stuff was was really always the goal. And and like because we were able to identify that that is the hardest problem that and, and right from the, the like built a solid fundamental and so in terms of like the problem we are solving is undoubtedly one of the most important the most important problem that a company can face and, and will face over the next decade um and so that fundamental i think hasn't has not changed at all um and and the things that have changed are like the product implementation details of the solution how like go to market strategy all that kind of stuff is like very much like can change in a heartbeat but i think spencer saw that mission of the company and and like how how much we cared about solving this problem and how much it like really like pertained to who we are as people um just like young kids that have grown up in a in a virtual first world in terms of relationship building i myself have lived in four different countries um adaptability social adaptability emotional intelligence has always been like kind of the center of, of like my personality and who i am i'm a 99th percentile extrovert as you can tell i talk a lot way too much um and uh so i think just like that level of like we really care about this problem and we want it solved and spencer agreed with us and, and felt the same way and 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 it, it I, I do believe in this kind of like once it once you meet someone and it, and it clicks like that it just does yeah and that's something i was talking again with uh with amos this morning about just with how important that storytelling part of it is early on in terms of figuring out what your story is and how you how you portray that to investors to potential customers to potential employees i know you're also hiring hiring now as well which we can, we can get into in a bit but like all of that storytelling is how you convince good people to join you it's how you convince good people to invest in you and so it's something that it's so vital especially at the earliest of stages and it goes on to the next stages as well but especially early on when you're trying to get that first traction and and one of the things i wanted to ask about though is with with this company with kona obviously it's gone through a lot of different changes but how have you gone about acquiring users for kona because you have some pretty big names on there uh, i'm curious as to how you've gone about that sid 
Great question. Started with cold LinkedIn outreach. Um, when we reached out to our first people for customer discovery, just learning about the problem, we realized that the problem was so severe that what inevitably ended up happening at the end of every conversation. First, we would say like, hey, we just want to ask you questions for 15 minutes. And then at 15 minutes, they wouldn't stop talking. They want to keep complaining about how hard it is to build relationships in a remote environment. At 20 minutes, 25 minutes, we'd be like, okay, like we don't want to take up over your time. Like, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And they'd be like, wait, no, like, are you building a solution? For, for something like what, what like can you solve this problem and we said yeah we're working on this we would never start with that but we was like yeah we're this is what we're thinking about sometimes we show them wireframes sometimes we just talk about it and once we had a demo we show them a demo if they asked and then they would just say wow this is awesome i want to try it and that's how we got our first customers like and, and that's why i mean like being problem focused is so important because if you are solving an important enough problem you want to be solving an important enough problem where customers will take a horrible solution to it um, and it really jankily put together yeah. like two 19 year old kids packed for three nights and made something um, type of solution. Um, and that's how we started. Uh, and then over time, uh, just like worked with those early customers, kept getting more of those. Honestly, cold outreach was like our main and only way of acquiring customers for a long, long time. Um, and then once we got into Techstars, and they trained us into in, in like, how do you do a sales motion? How do you do like sales outreach? But then also how do you like make, how do you build up this like bottom up SaaS motion of no touch customer acquisition, content marketing. And that's when like Corinne, my co-founder who writes best writer I've ever met. Um, she's brilliant. She like obviously won every English major department writing award that she was eligible for at UCLA. And when she writes content, people listen, people share. It's been featured on, I think, like TechCrunch, on Harvard Business School papers. Um, our EQ report that she wrote got like 100,000 views on social media. Um, so that's when one one that when that EQ report came out and started generating so many leads for us. That's when we realized, like, wow, like really no one, there's no one in the space of the intersection of remote work and like soft, squishy leadership. Like you have your Brene Browns and your amazing like leadership yeah. coaches that are doing like leadership. But a lot of the stuff that they talk about is like, like hold hands in a circle and like, like really important, like in-person activities, but you don't have that anymore. It's, and so yeah. it's a completely new playbook that you need to build from scratch and adapting the same in-person things are not working. And so when we would write content, people would really need it. Um, and so that's become like a key channel for us to acquire customers now. So, so Korean's content, uh, and we have an awesome intern, Annie as well, that, that helps with that. Um, and, uh, that's become like, honestly, a bigger way for us to acquire customers. And we, we were experimenting Like we want to make the product eventually like fully self-serve, no touch, bottom up red, like product led growth, um, SaaS, which is kind of the, the, the trend. And I think that this, the most solid products are able to pull that off. And we've shown early signs of being able to do that consistently and get paying customers off of that. Um, so summarizing started with cold outreach. Now it's uh, some cold still and a lot of inbound um, because of content marketing. Yeah, I mean, content marketing can be can be so huge, especially like, as you scale it up potentially too. And I'm just talking, thinking about talking to Ruben Harris from Career Karma, and they're they're invested very, very, very heavily in in content marketing and building up the SEO side of things, getting people into coding boot camps and. You can see over time as you build that you have this flywheel effect of people searching every you know knowing your customers so well and knowing what they're going to search and having content on every single thing they're going to search and how that just builds this flywheel for them to have growth it's, it's incredible exactly like we're currently looking into seo things like like one of the rank, things that we rank for like we're number three on google for if you google like best slack apps eq or something like that 
Um, and so that's one thing that like emotional intelligence, um, like, like relationship building, those are the kind of like keywords that we're talking kind of the squishy or aspects of things, because that's where our early adopters are. Um, and so just focusing on like where, what, what virtual spaces and what kind of things do they search? What virtual spaces are they in? And, and just like being there because very often we hear like people even that don't use our product engage with our content and love it. And that's really valuable because that's a way for us to add value to people's lives without them having to like take the step of, of using our product. Obviously we want them to, um, but we want to solve this problem. <laughs> and and the, 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 the squishier side of remote part is, is our niche. That's, that's what we own. Yeah. And longer term, obviously it's going to be something that will be helpful. And even if people aren't customers now, you look at in, in the near future or whatever, I mean, everyone's at these different companies that, that helps out. And I'm thinking about right, right now with us at Vitalize, like, so Gail's the founder, she's in Chicago, Caroline's in San Francisco, I'm in Los Angeles, and there's no plans for any of us to ever move to a different city to join each other. So we are going to be remote as a venture capital firm. And so these types of things like Kona, for instance, are something I'm really curious about. And we're always looking at tools that can help us. And it becomes really interesting to see like how people are handling the, the EQ side of things. And that's no surprise whatsoever that you got in the tech startup because Anna Barber, I know, is very interested in the EQ side of things. She's written about that before. I've interviewed her for a different podcast and it makes perfect sense that she accepted you guys in there. <laughs> She's amazing. Um, yeah, I think that the, the EQ focus, honestly, a lot of it, we weren't even phrasing it in that specific way, but Anna helped us like craft that so much better and so much clearer. Um, so she's been, yeah, she, she's like a, I don't want to make her feel old because I know she hates it, but she's like a mother figure to, to <laughs> myself and Green Green. So we, we love Anna. And I want to get into it in just one second. We'll get into the product because I know there's a lot behind this in terms of making this happen. And I've heard in other interviews, but before we dive into that product, I still want to focus on real quick, the business model. So what is the business model for this? Did you start charging people in the beginning? How have you gone about that in the pricing slash business model side of things? Sid? Short answer, TBD. Longer <laughs> answer. Um, we So it's currently a monthly subscription after a two-week free trial. So you try for free for two weeks, get the full full suite of features. We don't do a freemium or anything yet. Maybe we'll do it down the line. Um, but uh, try for free for two weeks and then it's $50 per manager per month. So Colner is a manager focused tool. That's how we're able to go bottom up within companies. One manager starts using it and then more and more managers come on. So greenhouse, for example, started with one manager, yep. um, one of their customer support managers. And now the whole customer support org is on it. Um, terminal started with one talent acquisition team and now the entire company's on it. Um, and that's happened for us multiple times as well. Um, and so that bottom up motion is what we're, what we're, what we're working on. Um, so yeah, monthly subscription per manager. And then if you want to do like a company wide deal for like 30, 40, 50, 60 managers, um, you'll just sign an annual contract with us and, and, and eventually that'll be like a, like enterprise sales channel. Um, but, uh, yeah, product led growth, bottom up SaaS, one manager, and then referring more and more onto the, onto the product is, is how we see ourselves growing. So you said TBD though. So why, why the TBD and like, you think it's going to evolve into that and it's going to change a bit more or what do you mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think with this kind of thing, we know product-led growth and content marketing is at a high level the way that we want to go. Um, but I'm not the kind of person that like will ever be like excessively married to an, any idea. Um, we might we might do within that we might do freemium. Um, so we might make just the check-ins free for everyone forever. Um, or experiment with that. And then if you want to see any sort of data trends analysis, do something with the data, um, it's more, or we might do like under five teams is free for everyone. Um, and then uh, bigger company-wide installations and stuff we charge for 
Um, so like there's a lot of flexibility in our business model for us to be able to, to do that kind of stuff. Really, the way I think about it, the business model is a means to the end of being able to add the most value to the most amount of people um, for a price that they are able to afford and that they're, they feel like it's worth. Um, and so also very still yeah. figuring out pricing. Um, don't expect to have that figured out for a little while. Um, but I think the, the fundamental thing is like, we know people are willing to pay for this. We have 35 teams paying for Kona right now. A lot of them have like just installed it without ever talking to us, gone through the first two week experience, started paying and started referring managers without ever talking to us. And so like, even though we're super early stage, we've proven out a little bit of this, like early signs of snow touch, uh, like motion. Um, and, and we know that we will be able to generate revenue in the space. And so really now it's about like, can we nail the product and, and like, like how do we, we nail and scale. So land and expand typical product led growth, uh, type stuff and, and really fun problems. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of how we're thinking about it. That's why it's DVD. Yeah. No, that makes it. I get it. <laughs> Makes sense. I think it's uh, it's interesting to see how that's going to happen. And going through that and how companies really expand, like you said, really having it uh, product like growth and just seeing how fast that can can go is going to be interesting uh, to follow along with you guys as well. And let's dive into the product. Uh, I want to hear more about what you're actually doing with it. And I heard again in another show a little bit about the details, but people are going to be wondering like, what's like, what's it look like? Was it was it feel like to, to use Kona? So tell us more about that side of things. Sid. Totally. Um, yeah. So, so for any listeners, uh, if, if you're interested in um, seeing a demo, obviously that the visual is on the website, all that kind of stuff. There's GIFs and things, videos. Um, but basically what Kona does is it will send a message into your Slack channel every day saying, and obviously Kona is named after our friend's dog. So it's this dog that'll ask everyone on the team, hey, how are you feeling today? So you put down one of three colors. So you click a button that says red, yellow, or green. So red is bad, yellow is meh, green is great. Um, and uh, so you put down a color, you put down an emoji, and then you put down like a comment. So I could say, hey, today I am green because um, great weather outside, sunny day, played some tennis and came back um, and ready to, to kickstart my day. It could be something just like non-work related like that. Or it could be, hey, we just gave out an offer and the person is super excited and accepted our offer. Um, so that could be another green thing. But also red people are sharing things like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with my mental health or I'm frustrated because I have too many meetings and I don't feel like I'm actually like performing in my role, like really opening up about like serious topics and, and just sharing what's, how are you feeling? What's going on in your life? Because at, at any remote team, if you've been hired onto that team, you know, your manager trusts you or should trust you to perform well from a work perspective. And it's really just the most important thing is how can that, that manager, that team support you and create an environment for you to be successful. And, and a lot of that just comes down to like, like managing the emotional relationships and, and, and building that. Um, so uh, that's what Kona does. So it'll pop up in the right context and say, hey, um, Sid, you're about to have a one-on-one -on -one with Justin. Uh, Justin's been yellow this whole week. Maybe you want to check in on him. This is the reasons why he's mentioned he's been yellow. Or hey, Justin's been more marking down more yellows than he usually does. Um, maybe he, he's like a little bit more stressed out. So I have a conversation. You should have a conversation about it. And managers are bringing, using it as a, one thing we hear all the time is one, just the fact that people are being asked how they're feeling every day at an individual level. And, and it's public within the team, by the way. So the fact that this level of vulnerability is there and the clone is able to create that is really awesome to see. It's something we didn't expect when we started the, the, this product. Um, but so, so one is just the fact that people are being given the opportunity to share how they're feeling 
in like a non-invasive way that doesn't doesn't feel like the manager t- like nagging you and messaging you every day. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? <laughs> um, and just give an opportunity yeah. to share. Just that fact makes people feel happier. And that's something we've heard, which we didn't expect. Another thing is Kona is being used as a jumping off point all the time where it's like, hey, I marked myself yellow today. My manager will check in with me. We'll have a deeper conversation and uncover, wow, like this person is like, I'm, I'm really stressed out or I'm really, I'm about to burn out. Um, we're seeing people get days off because of conversations that were started that, that would not have started without Kona. We're seeing people like, take things off of each other's plate. Um, just generally like having a conversation about how you're feeling and, and like that, that makes you feel like you're, you're supported, like you're cared for, like you're part of something bigger and helps you resolve issues faster. Um, and, and helps you show up as, as a human being to work. Um, and, and so that's, that's, what's been really interesting is, is how much productivity that's enabled for, for, for teams that we didn't expect there to be such a clear correlation towards. And two, how much time it's saving. Like one of our, our customers, um, Shane, CTO of TeamSnap, he's been one of our earliest customers. Um, and he stopped doing daily standups because of Kona. He realized like, I, I have my standup lead bot for work-related things. I was spending the, the time in standup just checking in on how everyone's feeling. And I don't need to do that anymore. I feel just as connected to them without having to do 30 minutes every day. So two and a half hours for the team killed one go. And also instead of doing weekly one-on-ones, he started doing bi-weeklies because he had such, such a large team. And in the bi-weeklies, his team was telling him, I feel like you know more about my life now with doing bi-weeklies and you're able to support me and help me grow better than you were able, ever able to do in, an, in a weekly um, one-on-one situation. Because it's like, okay, before the meeting, Kona will pop up saying, hey, this is what this person said. Boom, straight straight into that the minute you start. And it's like, okay, how can I help you? How can I support you? Um, and so that's really cool. So, so that's on the team level. And then... Well, how that, that leans up or, or rolls up into like a, a CEO or a head of people is you can see every single day, live time, how everyone at your company is feeling if everyone's on Kona. And so, so that level of insight into like, what are the reasons why people are feeling good or feeling bad? Because we have all this like analysis we can do, simple like machine learning techniques, um, like identifying like common topics, like say I did an all hands today as CEO. And then suddenly there's a ton more yellows popping up and, and they're all mentioning launch, which was the main topic of the all hands. And I know that people are stressed or worried about the launch. Um, we're seeing trends over time. Like one of our, our customers is an engineering manager and he saw his team was, there was like a clear graph of yellows and reds increasing over time and then decreasing and increasing over time. It was almost like a sine wave. And it was because it was directly linked to their sprint cycle. And so he used that to have a conversation with them about like, why are we more stressed towards the beginning of the sprint and then less stressed towards the end of the sprint? And the reason that that came out is like, their communication around levels of like what needs to be achieved was not clear enough. And so people were stressed about like, wow, I have so much to do and I don't think I can do this. Um, and so, so it's like how much, what's been really interesting is how much, how you feel and how the team feels is correlated to actual like quote unquote hard day-to-day performance things has been really, really interesting. Um, and that's yeah. really the, the, the like profit motive for why a business wants to use Kona beyond just caring for their people. <laughs> to to double click on that, Sid, with that type of thing, I mean, is there ability to, they can have more input or not less input? Are you seeing most people who are on Kona then are using it every single day? Do they skip days? Like, what are some of those things around that? Are you analyzing the text they put in there? Like, I'm curious about more of the details. Yeah, great question. One thing we did not expect is the level of engagement we've seen. And there's a ton of like small things we've done in terms of like guiding the manager into like, like, the, our, our latest engagement stats, like 82% of managers 
every day, put down some level of elaboration. We have 100% daily. So every team uses Kona every day. Typically, it's about like 70 to 80% of the team uses it every single day, which compared to like other like check-in tools is like like double or some, some I, don't, I don't know the numbers, but it's like <laughs> people are the actual day-to-day engagement and like percent, like more than half of people in all of our users, um, even the people that we never talk to and, and technically don't even probably fit our like ideal customer profile that we just like let into the product um, to, to see and explore with, even with them, it's like 50% of the team is, is elaborating and putting down like actual things about their day-to-day life. Um, and what's interesting is, is a lot of our managers don't really mind if people don't, because someone might just put down a yellow and it gives the manager an excuse to go check in with them saying, Hey, I saw you were yellow. You didn't say anything like what's going on. How can I help you? And, and, um, and so that was one of the things like, yeah, engagement is ridiculously high. We haven't lost a single customer since we started the project. Uh, knock on wood. Um, and, um, so yeah. that's since July, 2020, um, nine, 10 months now. Um, and just generally like people are opening up and being vulnerable in ways that we never expected. With this, with, with how they're doing that and sharing this, you mentioned a little bit about kind of how managers are looking at this. Tell us more about how on the, maybe the back end you're suggesting things or putting the data out there to be like, Hey, maybe you should check in or maybe you should like, how are you doing more of that side of things? So I'd be curious to hear more about that. Great question. I could go on and on about that forever. It's basically a ton of really, really small micro interactions that, that power the like Kona che- that they go along with the check-ins. Um, and so for example, we have this like drip campaign type thing that, that goes in the first two weeks um, for every manager that says like, Hey, um, like this is how you should check in. This is something that you should talk about. Here's like guiding them on how, what is the ideal way of using Kona and what are the kinds of things that are fair game to talk about in Kona? Um, and then driving the manager to engage first. Then for example, like some of the things that we, we are productizing is like getting the manager to engage and open up and be vulnerable, put down yellows and reds in their first week, um, and getting them to like, make it clear that it's okay not to be okay. Um, and, and language around that a lot of it is like, yeah here's a templated message that you can use to, to, to convey this point very clearly. Um, and just people don't know how to, how to approach these softer conversations. And so um, doing that for them or helping them do that is, is like a key part. Um, second is like really simple things like, Hey, this person marked themselves red yesterday. Um, and now they're green. Maybe you want to check in with them and do a quick retro of like what, like, are they okay? Was it just that they were sick and they were out or like, what's going on? Or is their family life? Okay. Like this is, this is flagging that, especially one of the key things we're doing is just, just for managers to know that information in the right place at the right time <laughs> is so important because with 13, 15 direct reports, you just don't have the ability to, to like check in with each person every single day, all the time. Um, and so that go, just goes on in the background and Kona does all that for you. And people are talking to each other and checking in with each other. And then you, at the end of every week, Kona will send you a summary. Um, so, so for the manager, it can be like flagging when there's things like, hey, this person's been yellow three days in a row. Noted, noted. check in with that manager, might dive in there. Or at the end of the week, here's the summary of like, these are the key red slash yellow situations or green situations, things that you want to like celebrate, wins you want to celebrate, um, or things that you want to like support people on. Um, and, and so we have a weekly digest there. Then there's also the dashboard where you just go in and you can see trend data for the team, graphs for the individual, what are the common wor- like words that, are pe- that people are using in their check-ins. Um, that's still very rudimentary, lots to be done there. And that's why we're hiring engineers. 
um, and, and tons of interesting problems to be solved. Um, but so the dashboard is, is where you would see like a lot of the kind of like the longer term trends. And that's where managers are, are visiting it to see like, okay, I'm about to jump into one-on-one with this person. Kona said that this is where they've been yellow. Let me go check out like their past two or three weeks and, and see what are the main reasons why, what they've been checking in, what they've been talking about. Um, and, and the reason going back to your point on engagement, the reason that people engage with it so much is because of that feedback loop. And because we built that loop of somebody checks in, somebody says something and opens up and the manager is guided through Kona of how to respond to that and make that person feel like they were heard. And after, after you check in with, yeah. with Kona and, and you, you, if something is done about it, then you're like, oh, I get this. This makes sense. I'm going to start being more open and vulnerable because when, when something is not going well, I know that people are listening to me and I know that people are there and I want to be there for my team when, when things aren't going there well for them. And so um, driving those like micro little engagements that make you feel warm and fuzzy inside is like a really fun problem and, and really fulfilling for us personally to see the impact of when we make these changes or build these, these features, um, like people telling us immediately. And we're on Slack with all of our customers. We have shared channels with all of them, them messaging us like, Hey, I love this. Um, and, and mm. learning, learning from there and using that to drive this kind of like feedback loop. That's I, I, I think what has differentiated us. Um, and, yeah, I'm very comfortable talking about our secret sauce because it, there's, there's, there's <laughs> or, and there is at the same time. Yeah, no, no, I, I actually want to go back to one of those things you mentioned, which I think may be obvious for some people to ask, but looking at, you mentioned that the drip campaign and obviously some of the things you're doing with, with Slack and kind of having that engagement and, you know, talking to, to users and customers and everything. But one of the things that I'm curious about that comes to my mind right away is like, what's driving your knowledge on what's right or wrong and how to engage? Because I think people are going to naturally think like, well, he's like a 22 year old, 21 year old. Like what, what are you basing that off of? How are you getting like the data on like what is good or bad? I'm curious about that. I love the question of what right do you have to be in the space of, of teaching <laughs> people how to be emotionally intelligent when you haven't, you're, you're 21. Um, <laughs> and, and um, so a couple answers here to that. One, I think just the fact that we, so we started with, a fundamental base of 150 customer interviews, learning from the best managers um, of like, what do you find difficult? What do you do? And it's just like talking to them. Um, now we're at like seven, 800, 900 plus conversations we've had with some of the best remote managers out there um, of like, what do you find difficult? How are you currently solving your problems? What makes you a good manager? Um, and just like learning from them in terms of best practices and having that like I think being young has actually helped because we didn't come in with any like 20 years of experience type. I know how management is supposed to work because it's changed completely now. Um, yeah. And so no one knows how remote management is really supposed to work, especially in a time when mental health issues are on the rise. One in three U.S. adults are showing signs of anxiety, depression, COVID, uh, political strife in the U.S. Just, it's kind of a, just a, the craziest time we've seen in, in a long time. Um, and so like the, the paradigm for what good leadership looks like in, in 2021 and 2020 was completely different from what it looked like before that. And I think having been so plugged in and learning so much from these people has allowed us to kind of like build a little bit of a calibration for how, how other people like in general have been, what has worked, what hasn't worked for others um, to just, yeah. So, so first, first point is just, a ton of learning from from users and customers and now obviously like 75 teams using kona every day 
we're literally asking like 500 people every single day how they're feeling and, and seeing what they're doing with that information. And so there's tons of interesting data that we get to, to, to have access to and have conversations with our customers about, um, which I think is, is really interesting in the kinds of situations that pop up that, that they are asking for our advice on now. It's like, oh, this person like said this, what do I do? How do I support them? And, and figure out, helping, helping people figure out ways to solve that has been a key learning. Um, second is our executive coaches. Through Techstars, we were paired with um, coaches through Evolution Coaching. Um, they're one of the top coaching companies out here. Uh, they coach the execs at Slack, Dropbox, uh, Glassdoor, top companies. Um, and they are investors, partners for us, as well as our own executive coaches. So it's been, we've been very lucky as, as like young founders to have access to, to coaching ourselves. And a lot of the stuff we do is kind of like productizing good yeah. management. And so having folks that guide us on how to do that um, has been super, super helpful. Um, so Robin Ward, Janine Davis, Jeff Graber um, are, are three coaches that are, are investors and advisors. Um, and uh, they help a lot with product too, in terms of like, hey, this is a problem we're trying to solve. This is a value we're trying to create for our customers. What do you think of how we can do this? And, and they've been super, super helpful in, 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 in that, that regard too. So, so learning from the like users and learning from the other side of like the, the coaches uh, I think has been like a way that we've been able to like, we're kind of in the middle of the two. No, I, I love that. And I, I wanted to ask that, you know, to quell any, any doubt that people might have about this. And I already knew some of these things, but I, I feel like that when you combine firsthand knowledge on asking people what their problems are and understanding from of a wide variety of people, you get this understanding that it's kind of like Elon Musk saying for first principles, it's like, you didn't have 20 years of experience to, you know, have some bias in your head. You're starting from scratch. And he's like, okay, how should this look? You know, how should the EQ, how should the culture look within an organization? And I love that you mentioned that, like you being younger is actually your strength. You having less experience in that way is your strength. Then you get those things from having these conversations and also the executive coaches, which, you know, from talking to a lot of different founders, a lot of these founders aren't getting exec coaches to like series A, series B. Uh, so it's definitely a, an advantage to have that. Uh, yeah. Huge. Um, I don't know where we would be without our coaches. I think just like during Techstars is a super stressful time. My coach's name was Coach Root. Um, just like calming me down sometimes. Um, like just the, the trials and tribulations of, of founderhood um, is like, that's really the struggle of being a founder is, is can you do have the mental strength and the people around you to support you to, to build the resilience to, to make, make something happen. And I think our coaches have been like ridiculously helpful. Like sometimes we'll have an issue and it's like, okay, I'm struggling with this. Um, I will try to support, but then it's like, okay, let's talk to Janine about this. Or let's talk to Jeff about this. Let's talk to Robin about this. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't thank them enough. And we have so many, so many such people that we, we get to lean on um, and, and call our friends and advisors and supporters. So very, very lucky. I know we're almost out of time, but on that coaching note, I just want to ask one more question on that. Like, what does it look like from a, a cadence perspective? How often you're kind of reaching out to them or do you have, you know, weekly and monthly check-ins? I'm just curious on how that kind of works for you guys there. Yeah. So it, with, with each of them, it's roughly every two weeks, two to three weeks. Um, and so it's like a 30 minute to one hour call. Uh, they're also in our Slack. So we're always like slacking them questions and, and they're sharing resources. So it's kind of like ad hoc through Slack and they jump on calls with us when we need, but also like more uh, like bi-weekly and monthly uh, check-ins and, and more in-depth conversations. Sometimes it's just me coaching me personally, like things I'm, I want to work through, um, things I want to improve about my leadership style, team, culture, hiring. Um, 
sometimes it's it's product so like what can we what can we do so yeah that's one of the advantages of being in a in a space where your coaches can be your coaches and your advisors at the same time um is we get that double whammy which is super helpful yeah and it's something just taking a giant step back i'm just looking at your company and hearing more about today and everything you know we decided to vitalize the best in future of work and future of learning and some of the pushback is like you know you get the questions around like is it big enough be these spaces big enough and like i continually hear about more and more companies all the time that are doing different things or interesting things like your company, for instance, with the EQ side of things. And, and it's like, there's so many more companies that are doing different, different things. There's so many aspects of work, especially as work is evolving, um, that are important. And then you see some like Conan, you're like, yeah, that makes total sense. And people are going to just love this. So I love that you've shared all this today. And for people who want to learn more about Kona and connect with you as well, Sid, where should they go? Uh, yeah, no, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much to connect with us. Um, it's the website is heykoner.com. That's H-E-Y-K-O-N-A.com. Um, feel free to, to shoot me an email at sit at psychinsights.com. We're going to change it to heykoner, but it's S-I-K-E insights.com. It's the form name of the company. Um, Twitter at Pandia Sid. Um, and uh, LinkedIn, if you search up Kona, we should pop up and everything is kind of on our LinkedIn as well. So um, the main website is heykoner.com, H-E-Y-K-O-N-A.com. Perfect. Sid, thank you so much for the time. Uh, definitely keep us in mind for that next fundraise. <laughs> thank you so much. 100%. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about us, head on over to vitalize.vc. You can also follow us on Twitter at vitalizevc. Or you can follow me on Twitter at justingordon212. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.